Welcome to The Working Ant with me, your host and coach, Rami Balut. I'm going to share with you secrets and strategies you only wish you knew years ago to accelerate your career today. This is practical stuff, no fluff. My mission is to create a new generation of leaders that brings out the best in people. This is where passions and profession yield profitability. Welcome to The Working Ant. Never let the future disturb you. You will meet it, if you have to, with the same weapons of reason which today arm you against the present. And that is, of course, none other than Marcus Aurelius. And today's topic of conversation is the talk of the clash and sometimes the alignment and the ever so much push for doing what it is that you love versus what it is that is good for you. And this was inspired by a recent talk of a uh, great mentor and uh, almost a big brother of mine that is one of uh, the leading, let's just say one of, one of the leaders here in, in, in the Bay Area, a very prominent uh, leader in the Bay Area of uh, a, uh, a software technical um, organization. I'm not gonna obviously uh, uh, give his name out just yet to protect his privacy, of course, but I will say that uh, this is inspired uh, by him. So if you are listening, uh, you certainly do know yourself. And um, having a conversation with this VP for about two and a half hours, they, just this week, of course, uh, inspired this conversation. And it was really more around the lines of how is it that we can do what we love, but also do what is good for us. In the context of this conversation, what had come up was this paradigm sort of like shift in thinking that we only can do what we love or we only can do what is good for us. And, you know, in, in his view, it was more along the lines of like, you know, you've got to do what's good for you. That definitely will serve you more than doing what it is that you love. And, you know, in my sort of like thinking as I was listening to him was, yeah, you know, we, we, we certainly should be doing what is good for us, right? I mean, we should eat healthy. Uh, we may love particular foods, uh, but we shouldn't eat them all the time. We should do what is healthy for us and, and, and do what is good for us, even if we actually love something that isn't good for us. And this happens all the time, right, with, with not just food, but relationships um, and, and many of things, which I won't get into in, at this time. But, you know, you can also do what you love. I was thinking to myself, you can do what you love. If you do what you love, you know, I'll follow the, the Galileo way of thinking, which is, you know, passion is a genesis of genius. If you do what you love, you're going to be able to get closer to doing what you're good at. If you practice your craft, you'll be able to do uh, what it is that you're good at. And this is a really, really big clash. And I didn't realize, you know, fundamentally, you know, my role as a coach is to bring these two sorts of ways of thought, uh, these two uh, philosophies of life closer and closer to one another. And that's what, what alignment is, right? When we talk about passion and profession yielding a profitability, right? And for some, it yields purpose. And that profitability is obviously relative. It could be financial in nature. It could be just you waking up happier to do what it is that you want to do day in and day out. 
but doing what it is that you love shouldn't be compromised, shouldn't be compromised, or so I thought in my mind. And that obviously is the opinion that I stick with up until today. But doing what is good for you is also doing what it is that you love. So long as, of course, it's not if it's not hurting anybody and you're actually in a position where you could do so much more for yourself, for your family, uh, really just for for mankind, for for humankind, for, uh, you know, for society. When you are doing what you love, you are more likely to do it well and you are more likely to contribute genuinely and authentically to other people. And for those of you uh, that are into uh, leaving legacies behind, well, you're certainly going to leave a legacy in more probability doing what it is that you love versus doing what it is that's good for you. And that's a topic of our conversation today. That's a topic of a conversation today because I feel that, you know, this obviously should be addressed from time to time. Rami, should I be striving towards doing what it is that I love? Or should I continue doing what is just good for me? And, and those things are obviously quite relative, right? What is good for you is relative. Uh, what is it you love? That's also relative. It's an emotion that you actually feel at this exact moment in time. What is it that you love to do? And what is it that's actually good for you? Even actually defining those things is something that most of us just don't do. We don't take the time to define what it is that we actually love and what it is that's actually really good for us. And what, what ends up happening is that at some stage in our careers, we pause and we retract in thought. And what ends up happening is that a trigger or a culmination of triggers, this could be just events that have taken place, where we ask the question of, what am I doing this all for? Right? What am I doing this all for? Am I really taking steps to live out my potential? And how underutilized am I? And where is my untapped talent going to go if I don't connect with it? You know, it's there. You know, I feel it calling me. You know, even after being suppressed all these years, it gets louder and louder calling me to do something about it. It's, it's, it's there. I can't ignore it. I shouldn't ignore it. It's there. It's trying to tell me something. Maybe I should nurture it, surface it, understand it. It's a part of me. And it's very, very hard to tell anybody that all of these feelings and emotions you may have about something there that you absolutely love must in some way be compromised in order to do something that's just good for you. And some may say that this is the logical and sensible way to go around our careers. And some may take narratives that are quite different, right? And how it is that we live out our careers, doing something we love, versus doing something that's good for us, especially for those of us that actually have families or things where we, you know, people are depending on us for. Like, if I risk that, then many people will suffer. And for that reason, I'm going to do what's right by my family, what, what's good, what's good for me, okay? Not necessarily what it is that I love. And it's it's a huge, 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 way of going about thinking 
about philosophies in our life, right? Where we actually place values on things. You know, you, for those of you that have known me for years, you'll know that I'm one to believe in the power of living out our authentic selves, right? This is the core self, core self, our natural self, right? And it's the purest form of alignment. It's the purest form of alignment. Our social self, which is different than that, has been conditioned, right? And uh, it conditions us to be where we are today and in many ways establish our career path. So, no, I don't need to remind you, but if you think back about how it is you got into your career, most of the time it's just because of a bias, because of an availability. You knew of some industry, of some career through something that you were exposed to or someone that you were exposed to that led you to believe that this was the right career path for you. And for those of you that are thinking, well, I'm so good at what it is that I do, it couldn't possibly be that this isn't what is what it is that I love. Well, you know, that may be true, but it also may be that you just may be really good at what it is that you do at this point in time. It's yielded a lot of rewards for you. You certainly can love it for that for that reason or for those many reasons. But at the same time, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is what you truly love if you haven't actually explored what that alignment is for you, what that alignment could mean for you. And, you know, for many of us that are doing more of what is good for us versus what is something that we truly love, it's, an, it's a very interesting sort of like analogy that takes place here, um, especially when I actually, you know, speaking speaking to my one-on-one clients about this in particular, this usually happens very early on during our times with one another. We talk about, you know, what are some of your dreams that have been unfulfilled, right? Uh, what, what is something untapped within you that you may have suppressed for quite some time? And maybe this is what it is in form of an analogy here, but I've always sort of like looked at this as, it's like a feeling of concrete being poured over this beautiful, lush, green trail, right? And this is like a, it's almost like suffocating us. It's almost like suffocating us because this green, lush trail, this beautiful, beautiful trail is, you know, our talents, our aspirations, our love for doing something in particular. And it's being suffocated by by concrete. And that concrete is doing what is good for us. And in so many ways, in so many ways, this is so important to recognize because you know, for those of you that actually truly feel this way, well, I want us to talk about today like how we can actually break through that concrete, break through that concrete. And um, in my discussion with one of my mentors and, and again, my, my, what, I, what I would like to refer to as my big brother here, over the last 20, 20 plus years. This reminded me of a poem that Tupac Shakur, believe it or not, uh, once had uh, back, I think in the, in the 90s, which was, I think it was, uh, or at least was a cover of maybe his book of poems called The Rose That Grew From Concrete. And that's exactly what this is in an analogy, right? It's the rose that grew from concrete. How can we, how can we break through that and have an analogy where it's almost like a rose breaking through this concrete? The rose, of course, signifies 
um, and represents what it is that we truly love. And the concrete here is what is really good for us, right? We're being totally, totally suppressed. Now, I know some of you may be thinking this is an extreme analogy here, but I do believe it's actually a good one. And it's what many of us feel day in and day out towards what it is that we do. Because, you know, we, we want to do what we love. We, no surprise here, we, we want to wake up excited about the days ahead of us. Even those of us that actually fall into the category of doing what is good for us, right? We'll, when, when asked, well, you know, do you want to do what you love to do? Well, yeah, of course I want to do what I love to do, right? We, we want to do what we love. We want to wake up excited. We want to feel motivated by the days ahead of us. And why shouldn't we, right, in this short life, especially when we look at, what took place over the last year, you know, with, with COVID-19, right? Uh, with this virus that has, that has truly suffocated us, right? In many ways, for those of us that were really, really willing to, you know, go on and get out and, and do what is truly aligned to us. Well, of course, we were confined. Our wings were clipped for a very, very long time. So this actually sort of accelerated this feeling of, my gosh, like I need to be doing something totally different and aligned to me now that things have actually opened up, right? And especially for those of us that have witnessed and experienced or heard of or seen or consumed information around the, the number of loss that has taken place over these last, what, is it 18 months now? Somewhere around there, you know, it's, it's, it's just incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And so when we've seen that and experienced that, we ask ourselves and we say to ourselves, you know what, you know, I, I shouldn't pass this up. You know, I, I should not. Um, you know, life is too short. It's too fragile for me to pass this up. And so why should I pass what it is that I love to do in this very short life of mine? And why, and why should we pass up on the thoughts, the dreams, the aspirations, the goals that we don't have to go out seeking or finding? We don't have to suffer and sacrifice for because it is literally right there within us and, and that when we can summon it to actually appear at any given moment, it's there. We don't have to suffer and sacrifice for it, you know? Okay, I mean, and then, and then you know, for those of you that are thinking, okay, well, I know what that is and I've, I've been suppressing it for so long. I know what it is. It's defined, Rami. It's clear. It's right there in front of me. Now what? You know, now what? I, I found it. So, so, so what do I do with it? So what do I do with it? Well, well, what if the pain of ignoring it was then much less than the pain of what we experience when we actually find it? And let me just uh, sort of pause there for a moment because I think this is really important. You know, for many of us, we know there is something there. We know there is something there. It's this beat in our head. It's what people actually associate us with, what we're actually known for. So much of what it is, there's signs that are there, right? That tell us that we should be living this particular lifestyle. We should be aligning ourselves in this direction. I remember when I was back doing my executive MBA, my leadership coach, who was assigned to our group uh, back at INSEAD, and I think this was probably somewhere at some point in time in 2014 in, in Singapore, you know, she had said, Rami, you know what, you have, you have two career paths, two career paths, you know, I'm, and, and this is when I was actually operating, you know, my hotel. She had said, you know, you could go and be an MC in Las Vegas, or, you know, you, you could take the path of a coach and you could do, you could do wonders there as well. 
And for me, that was a calling. It was, it was just so obvious. Like, you know what? I've been prolonging the inevitable here. You know, I've got to really transition to what it is that I love to do. What really, really is what I'm aligned to. And you know what? At the time, it may have not been good for me because while I was, you know, I didn't have children back then, but I was married and I was investing a lot into my executive MBA at the number one business school of the world. And so, well, you know, it was very, very difficult for me to take on a risk like that. And you may be just that person. And actually, I experienced a pain of realizing that this is the path I should be taking. And yet it's a path that I love, but it may not yield the sort of lifestyle that I was so accustomed to, right? And you may be just that. In fact, I truly do believe if this is resonating with you, you may be just that person, right? Where you feel like, hey, you know what? I, I know what I love and I'm really great at what it is that I love, but I'm unable to pursue that because if I do, I'm going to upend so much of what I've built, this roof over my head, you know, giving my family a, a great life, the lifestyle that I would love to not just maintain and sustain, but the lifestyle that I wish to grow, right? And so at times, and it happens quite frequently, and I don't necessarily talk about it so much, but with my with my one-on-one clients, it happens, right? Where we discover what it is that we are so aligned to do, what more we can actually do, and in order to pursue that, we must then suspend at least our thoughts over whether or not, you know, this is going to be something feasible for us, something that we can truly go through with. You know, just, just the other day, well, when was the other day? I, just yesterday, <laughs> just, just yesterday. I was speaking to a client early in the morning. You know, he was sharing with me that, you know, he, he wanted to apply to a position that had a lot to do with with academia. There was it was these academics that turned into technology, and from technology they w- went back and and, and joined a, a a research company. This was far 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 different than the lifestyle he was going to live had he continued his pursuit in tech. You know, it wasn't you know this this job with hundreds of thousands of dollars of RSUs and stock options. And it wasn't a, a job where, you know, he was going to be getting a, you know, six-figure salary. It was something that he absolutely loved, had, had, had a lot to do with like data on healthcare here and how to influence healthcare, health, healthcare policy, uh, Medicare and Medicaid stuff. But it was something that he truly, truly loved. It was something that he truly loved. And yet, you know, we did go through that moment where it's like, you know, this is what I'm aligned to do. It's just so, so painful for me to actually pursue it because it's giving up so much of the lifestyle that I've built for myself and my family. And lucky for him, you know, he was choosing to do this at a point in his career where, you know, his children had graduated college. Actually, in fact, they just graduated this year and this was his trigger. It's like, you know what, they're going to be on their own now. Don't have to support them anymore, you know, in the sense of financial support. And he could go on and take some more risks in his life. And I thought that's actually, you know, so beautiful and noble, but for so many of us, understanding what it is that we are we are aligned to is incredible. It's a, it's a beautiful discovery, but it's also very painful. It's also very painful because, you know, if we continue down the path of having ignored it, it may have been painful there too, but at the very, very least, 
you know, knowing that this is something that I that I should be doing, like this is something you're great at. Who wouldn't want to pursue that? Sometimes that becomes much more painful. And the reason why it becomes more much more painful, it's like, you know, thoughts come up, come to mind, like, you know, how on earth can I transition to this? You know, do, do you know how much risk and sacrifice I'll have to go through in order to achieve this? And, and so many of us are just not willing to go through that at all. We're just not willing to go through that at all. Um, and why would we give up this lifestyle? You know what? It's not as bad as I thought it was. And that happens quite frequently too. And we, we find roles that are truly aligned to us, but we say to ourselves, there's no way I'm going to go back to that. There's no way I'm going to go back to that. I, I know plenty of clients over this la these last 12 months, you know, consulting suffered so much during COVID-19. And so a lot of my clients came from the consulting um, space and they were looking to transition into actual industry, right? And so, you know, these, a lot of consulting companies lost a lot of money during COVID-19 because these contracts, of course, were either paused, suspended, canceled, etc. So, you know, he, here it was like going in from consulting to industry. It's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do? This is not the lifestyle that I want to have for myself. And yet, you know what, it's, it's the necessary one. But, you know, these people wanted to continue, continue consulting. And some of my clients were, were growing so much in consulting that they actually were asked to transition into partner level roles where they actually had to sell to clients, right? And then at that point in time, they're like, you know what? I don't want to sell. I don't want to be a salesperson. I, I just want to do really great work. I want to run a team. But in order for me to, to continue down this path, I, I need to sell. And so it was one of those things where they either had to avoid it completely by transitioning to another role or transitioning to another company or embrace it for what it actually was, which was which was growing into their roles. And I know so many of you um, are so great at what it is that you do. You may be thinking to yourself, you know, I, I don't need to have more responsibility. I don't need to grow anymore. Why should I go through all the pain of this? I'm good where I'm at. What if I don't want to become a manager or a leader? You know, what if I don't want to be a salesperson where I have to sell projects instead of just working on those projects. For those of you that are in the consulting realm, you know, obviously what I'm talking about. So here, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, finding out what it is that we are passionate about, what we're aligned to can be quite painful. In fact, it could be much more painful than the quest of finding it altogether. And it's a very, very deep sort of experience to feel so much more pain towards knowing now what it is that you're aligned towards versus having not explored it and suppressed it over the years. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do get that all the time. You know, how can I transition to something like this? It's just not feasible for me. I need to maintain this lifestyle that I built for myself and my family. But, you know, it, it's so difficult to realize the path. It's difficult to realize the path. And the path that I'm talking about here you know, is this lush green path, right? The one that was covered in concrete, the path where your passions translate into a profession. But what about profitability? What about profitability? This is really where it gets tricky. You know, this level of profitability, this level of having something, again, to maintain and sustain the quality of life that you have now built for yourself and for your family. So here we are again. Where should we go towards what it is that we love, what it is that we're aligned to, where, you know, passions become the genesis of genius, as Galileo would put it.
Or should we go towards what is good for us? You know, this mindful, very, very deliberate, very calculated way of living, although not aligned to our passions and what it is that we love, maybe, you know, we can find love in that because of the rewards it gives us in very, very different ways, right? Maybe because it's not about us anymore. So this is really the essence of our conversation today. This is what I want you to think about. I want you to be able to think about how it is you can get those two things closer, what it is that you love and what it is that is good for you, the sensible thing to do. I want you to bring those things as close as possible. Uh, in your minds, in your hearts, in your life, in your day-to-day -day actions, in your routines. I want you to bring those things together as closely as possible. Uh, but before we, we start acting deliberately towards doing so, let's talk about some of the pros and cons of each, okay? So what it is that we love? What it is that we love? What, what, what it is that we love, if we look at the cons of finding out or pursuing in this case, what it is that we love. It can cause an enormous amount of pain. It can cause an enormous amount of pain because it can throw our lives totally upside down and inside out, right? If we are pursuing what it is that we love, we may have to suspend our work, completely stop what it is that we do, right? Because our time in this case is finite in nature. We don't have an unlimited amount of time. And so we may have to stop what it is that we're doing, pull back on some of the things that are sustaining us, right? Or, or quit altogether, right? Quit altogether and then dedicate our time towards doing something that we love. This could put an enormous amount of strain and stress on us, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm pursuing what it is that I love, but there's so much pain and stress that goes along with it in, in its pursuit. And so we go and we start questioning, you know, whether or not this is actually the, the right thing that we've actually done. Is this the right decision? Well, it's aligned to us. We, we love it. This is an amazing, noble pursuit of things. But you know what? All this stress and all this pain that it actually causes is not worth it. It may not be worth it. It may not be worth going through all this stuff. And for others, you know, we may say like, it's totally worth it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it work. And yet it's still very, very painful. And it still puts a lot of stress on us, right? What are, what are the pros of doing things that we love? What are the benefits of that, right? It, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful feeling you know, to be at a place, at a state in your life when you are doing something that you truly love, truly love. It's just beautiful. And I'm so privileged to be able to witness it week over week with my clients. It's amazing. It's amazing to be able to reach that liberating stage of your life where you are in, a, in such a beautiful state of mind because you are pursuing what it is that you love. You are aligning yourself towards what it is that you love. The activities that you are doing are towards what it is that you love. And it's just beautiful. And you know what? In many ways, this aligned way of life can in fact be very profitable, can be very, very profitable. If you are doing what you love, can you not profit off of that? You know, I'm one to believe that you absolutely can and make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. You know, even though you're talking about my my mentor and my big brother here, who I absolutely adore, I probably wouldn't be where I am today had it not been for his nourishment and care for my professional growth. I'm one to believe that you can indeed do what it is that you love and you can actually find profitability there. You, you can find 
profitability in doing what it is that you love. So make no mistake about it. And the very, very, you know, that, that that's something I want to make clear. But I also want to be practical in nature because so many of us may not be able to do that. But the pros of doing what it is that you love is beautiful. It's aligned. It can, in fact, be profitable. And you know what? You can be happy. You can be happy. You can be totally happy doing it. You can wake up excited, right? Wait, wake up, wake up with all this energy to face the day. You will have more control over some of the things that you, you actually want to do in the long term even after some short-term pain, even after some short-term investment. And so that's what I believe are some of the core pros of doing what it is that you love. But doing what it is that's good for you, that's a different story. Doing the sensible thing, that's very, very different, right? What are the pros of doing some things that are actually sensible for you? Well, you have financial stability, right? You have financial stability. You have security. You know that you will be getting a paycheck in a couple of weeks, for example, right? You'll have that. You will have predictability in your life, you know? And this predictability is huge. It's what people actually strive for so much, to have a predictable amount of income coming in so you can plan, so you know what's coming through the pipeline, right? For those of us who are entrepreneurs, you know who you are. You know, you're thinking like, what's gonna come in next month? What's gonna come in the month afterwards? You know, and, and not being able to truly know that and call that out and be able to predict with accuracy what that may be, you know, that may be very, very stressful. So going with the approach of doing what's good for you, right, which may be securing yourself in a role in a company, an established company, right, can provide an enormous amount of predictability, an enormous amount of predictability, which which obviously is very, very healthy in many ways. Right. The cons, of course of doing what is just good for you is that, you know, you can become very passive, very, very passive, very reactive. You know, you're not that person that could spark so much thought, for example, and ideate over what it is that you could do differently in your life. Sometimes life and years pass you by. You may not be at that stage right now, but I could tell you so many of my clients that approach me are in fact at that stage. You know, I've been passive, I've been reactive, I've been with my company for 15, 20, 25 years. I never thought of leaving up until now, up until now. There are many triggers and sort of uh, events that cause that to take place, but nevertheless, uh, that does happen. And then here, the, 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 the obvious con would be you're not aligned. You're not doing something that's aligned to you. You're not doing aligned work. And that could actually affect your emotional state, right? And how it is that you react and how, how your relationships are with those that you truly love. It could put strain on that, right? And then in the end here, you're not being fulfilled. You are not being fulfilled. There is something that is, tell, that is telling you that I'm just not fulfilled. I'm not finding joy in what it is that I do. I'm not finding true meaning in what it is that I do. And don't any of us and all of us want meaning? Of course we do. But, you know, as I, as I conclude for today, what I want you to consider is that you, in fact, can do both of these things. You can do both of this. You can, you can do what's good for you, and you can also do what it is that you love. You can find some spaces in between where you can enjoy the company of both of these things. And I think that in itself is a huge accomplishment, a huge accomplishment, because in reality, there are many things that we have to do that we simply just do not love doing. And this starts from taking out the garbage, perhaps, um, and up, right? You know, so there are many things, of course, that we have to do that we don't necessarily love. We have to do the sensible thing. 
but we don't necessarily love to do it, right? I'm sure you'll agree with me. But what I want us to do is to start, you know, bringing these two things together as closely as possible, bringing them, bringing them together. And I want you to try to think about how you can do both, right? How you can dabble with one over the other, how you can do something different with your time. And, you know, you don't want me to get started about how much time you probably have that you could actually take back and do more of what it is that you love, or at least explore what it is that you love, or at least speak to people that are doing what it is that you love and check out the feasibility of just doing particularly just that. It's not one or the other. It's not one or the other. You do have options, right? Creating dilemmas where, where you say like, I have to go this direction or I have to go this direction. Well, that, that certainly causes a dilemma here. We don't want that. We want you to find a place where it's not just one or the other. You do have some options. You could do several different things, not just one or the other. And of course, you know, for those of you that are at work today, you can find that joy and love within the work itself, within what it is that you do right now, right? And so that's a beautiful, beautiful thing, right? You being able to create opportunities for yourself at work, doing what it is that you love, for the sake of yourself, for the sake of your, your sanity, your mental health, your passions uh, and pursuing those things, right? Try to create opportunities for yourself inside your work. Do things that you enjoy. And we talked about this so many times here on The Working Ant, but I do believe this is something that is definitely possible, especially if it is great for your company's culture especially if it produces more revenue streams, who wouldn't want that? But overall, if it actually increases happiness, you know, if it brings out, you know, great NP NPS scores, if it brings out a, a true uh, for sort of feelings of, uh, of belonging, right? And inclusion, right? Th these are beautiful, beautiful things that you could do within your work today that are things that you love to do that in fact are actually good for you as well. And so this is how I want you to start looking at things, but I want you to really just think about this, like have this in your mind if you can, if you will, you know, over the next like few days. Think about this, like how can you bridge what it is that you love and what it is that is good for you closer together? And if you can do just that, if you can do just that, my oh my, how much more beautiful life would be because indeed, passions and professions must yield profitability. Find yours. If you've gotten this far in my podcast, I'm hoping that means that you love my coaching content. If you'd like to continue the journey with me on a much deeper, personal, and immersive level, please visit my website at ramibalut.com and schedule a 45-minute real talk session with me. You can also enroll my online program at theworkingant.com and join me for five months of weekly live group coaching where you can ask me your questions live in a group coaching setting. Use code PODCAST for an incredible discount at checkout. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Your career fulfillment is so important to me. You deserve nothing less than that. I truly hope you take what we talked about today and use it deliberately, practically, and strategically to accelerate your next career transition conversation, or simply just to nourish your personal professional life. If you'd like to receive periodic content from me, please visit RamiBalut.com and register for my mailing list 
by signing up to receive your free ebook, which by the way, is an awesome ebook, if I may say. Until next time, this is your host and coach, Rami Balut, signing off for today's podcast on The Working At. Remember, if not you, then who? If not now, then when?